Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson. As you can see, once again, we are outside. We are outside so that you can ask me some questions. And while I sit underneath the shady tree, I can try and answer them as best as possible. I tried to adjust so that you could see the river behind me a little clearer. It might mean my face is a little harder to see, but I think the river is better looking anyways. I do want to say hi to Todd and Dave who are here, of course, to moderate the chat. I welcome all of you to have cool, fun English conversations in the chat to kind of practice your English writing and reading skills while you listen to me try to answer your questions. If you do have a question, please use the link that Todd, Dave, or Nightbot will share in the chat. I think Todd just shared it. It is what you need to use if you want to ask me a question. I know there are probably already questions coming in. Looks like, like there are. Excellent. Um, instead of having a camera on the road today, I decided to have a camera on the river. Now, it looks a little bit greener than it actually is, but I thought when you look on this screen and you see this chair here, you can pretend while you're watching, if I turn the river cam on, that you're sitting in that chair looking at the river. Again, it does look a little bit too green. The, the river isn't actually that green, but at least every once in a while, if a boat goes by, which does happen sometimes, I can switch to the river cam and you can have a look. I do want to say hi to Panthera Nori. Sita is in the chat. Mohammed is in the chat. Mode Eggs, Julia Olise, uh, Brent from American English with this guy. Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. Julia Olise, if I scroll back, Marcos is here. Anita is here. Very cool to see all those familiar names. Let me scroll back and see a few more. Very fun. Rachel is here as well. Lolly Lolly, who I might have already mentioned. I don't know. Sometimes I lose track of all the names. But hey, we're not here just to chat about little things. We're here to answer serious questions about the English language. So let me flip to the question screen and let me get the first question up on the screen. Let me see here. Um, let's see here. Let's answer this question. Mahmoud says, hello, teacher Bob. How are you doing today? What does tolerance, intolerance, and tolerance mean? Thanks in advance. So different people think different ways about different things. Sometimes what you think, you think is right. And if you think other people should think the same way as you without trying to understand them, you might be intolerant. When you're tolerant, it means you're open to hear the views and opinions of other people and you're willing to have discussions about it. When you're intolerant, it means you say, my way is right, your way is wrong, I don't want to talk about it. We have a phrase in English, it's my way or the highway. So basically, you do things my way or leave whatever situation you happen to be in or talking about. Um, so tolerance is simply referring to um, whether people have respect for each other's opinions. If you have if you have a lot of tolerance for people, you understand them and you accept their behavior a little bit more. Um, tolerance can be used in other ways too though, right? Like I have a very low tolerance um, for my children um, doing bad things. I have a low tolerance for that. I don't stand for it. So might want to look it up a bit more because there are more meanings than just what I have explained. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, this is kind of a funny one, kind of a bathroom related question. Andre says, hello, Mr. Bob, when you are outside in the winter time, do you have to go 
urinate. Do you have to go pee more often? Uh, there's other ways to say this in English, by the way, but yes, do you have to go pee more often? Yeah, 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 I do. I can't avoid that. Thanks for your lesson. No, I don't. I personally, in the winter when it's cold, I naturally don't drink as much. And so I don't go pee as often. Enough about Bob the Canadian's bathroom habits, though, based on season. Um, I will admit in the summer, I drink a lot more. And in the summer when it's really hot, you want to make sure you drink enough that you are going to the bathroom, that you are peeing every once in a while, because then you know that you are staying hydrated. Next question from Mike. I try to answer all the questions. I mentioned that, didn't I? Hi, Bob. Could you use these in example sentences? Come to a head, curtail, and scope. Thanks. So, the scope of my lessons goes from beginner to advanced. So, a scope is kind of like um, yeah, what would be a better, another word for it? Like there is a whole range of lessons that I give. The scope though goes from beginner to advanced. That's how you would use scope in a sentence. When you curtail something, you try to stop it. You know, at school, we try to curtail cheating. We try to make sure students don't cheat when they are doing things. Um, and then the other one, when things come to a head, let's say two people disagree on something. And then eventually they start yelling at each other. You would say that it came to a head. So anytime something is kind of brewing and then eventually people are talking about it and maybe even yelling at each other about it, it would have come to a head. Next question from Ruslan. Hello, dear teacher Bob. How are you, sir? I'm good, Ruslan. I hope you are good as well. Thank you for the cool lessons. You are such a kind and positive person. You have no video without my thumbs up. Well, thank you very much for that. I do appreciate it. The thumbs up, they help me know that people like the video, but I don't know if you knew this. It also tells YouTube to maybe show the video to more people. So, it helps me in more ways than one. Makes me happy, but it also helps my videos do better on YouTube. Kind of cool. That's how the system works. Renata has the next question. Let's see here. Um, I want to read Brent's comment though in the chat. I have an uncanny ability to need the bathroom at the most inopportune times. There's an advanced English sentence for you. Yes, definitely. Sometimes when we are going on a long drive, I will tell my kids, I will say, make sure you go to the bathroom before we leave. And then we'll leave and we'll drive for about 45 minutes. And then I have to go to the bathroom <laughs> because I don't like to stop um, very often when we're doing a long trip. And so, uh, usually it ends up being me that has to stop and use the bathroom. Renata though says, hello from Brazil. Hey, Bob, I hope you're doing terrifically well. Thanks, Renata. Could you please explain the term fuddy-duddy as in an old fuddy-duddy? Is it offensive at all? Thank you. It's not super offensive, but let's say someone doesn't like to dance. They're an older person and they're at a wedding and everyone is dancing and having a good time and they think dancing is silly. We would say they're an old fuddy-duddy. That they kind of have this old-fashioned sense of what's cool and what's not. And if they don't dance, we would say they are a fuddy-duddy. It's a common phrase. It's not really an insult, but uh, I wouldn't... I would jokingly say to my mom, oh, you're just an old fuddy-duddy. But I wouldn't be serious about it. Uh, Next question from Betty. Uh, Betty says... Hi, teacher Bob. Could you explain what's the difference between swap and switch? Maybe you can use them in a real situation. Thanks a lot. Sometimes, let me see here, swap and switch. Sometimes when Jen, sometimes I'm at school 
and Jen will drive our one vehicle to school and she'll swap vehicles. She'll drive one van to school and then she'll take the van I drove to school home because maybe it needs to go to the garage or something. So, we'll swap vehicles. You could also say switch. Sometimes Jen will drive to school and we'll switch vehicles. Um, so, swap and switch, very interchangeable. Yeah. Let's see here. Fox Designer says, my phrase today is foolproof design. This is a colloquial phrase, am I right? Or scientific? What does design mean? I wouldn't say it's colloquial. It's very common. People try to design things so they are foolproof. So, let's say I bought a new camera recently. They want to design all of the features so that you don't accidentally break things. They want it to be foolproof. Um, by the way, there's a really cool English phrase about this. Uh, it's really hard to make things foolproof because fools are so ingenious. So, you can take that phrase and see if you can understand it. Um, but yes, definitely they try to design things that are foolproof. Is it a scientific formal um, uh, description? Kind of, yeah. Like, they, they, they could say, you know, buy this toaster. It's foolproof. They might tell you that as you're buying it. It might even say it on the box. Let's see here. Uh, Jon Snow. Jon Snow. It reminds me of Game of Thrones. If I want to say, oh, it should be in the city. Okay. I don't want to read the phrase that you've written because I don't like to read phrases that are wrong. But you could say, tomorrow I have a meeting in the city. You could say, tomorrow. Okay. Let me, let me give you a few examples here. You would not use on, but I could say this, tomorrow I have to go to the city because I have a meeting in the city. Okay. So, you can use to to refer to the fact that you're going there. I need to go to the city because I have a meeting in the city. Let me get the next question. You guys can have a look at the river for a little bit. Let's see here. Next question is from Yaroslaw. Let me get it on the screen. Hope you enjoyed the view. It makes the river look like it's full of algae, but it's not. I need to correct the colors. Yaroslav says, hi, dear teacher Bob. Hope you're doing great. What is the difference between a school and a high school? So, in Canada, we have grade school or elementary school. Children between the ages of four or five up to age 13 go to grade school or elementary school. Students who are about age 13 to 18 go to high school, okay? In other parts of Canada and in the United States, they might have elementary school, middle school, and high school. But generally, all of those are referred to as schools. So, a school can be for elementary age students, for middle school age students, or for high school age students. So, school's just the broader term. High school refers to students, usually teenagers, go to a high school. Caddy has the next question. What's the best method to increase vocab and how could I learn and start using them quickly? Well, you kind of mentioned one way right in what you said. If you learn vocabulary with flashcards or from reading or from watching YouTube videos, using the words that you learned as quickly and as often as possible in the first few hours and days after you learn it will help you remember it, okay? For me personally, the best way for me to learn vocabulary is through reading. When I'm practicing French, which is the language I am a second language speaker of, reading is the best way for me to acquire vocabulary. There are many ways, but that works really well for me. Let's see here. Champer says, hey, Mr. Bob, I'm Champ. I'm from Thailand and I was wondering 
how can I remember all the words in English? Because there are many words to learn. You know what I'm, or you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying. I'm putting a what in the question. Uh, again, the key to vocabulary isn't memorizing massive lists of words. It's finding ways to use those words in conversations, in writing. Um, and that could be challenging if you're not on a weekly basis writing to someone or having an English conversation with them. I highly recommend that if you learn new words, you keep a list of words that you're going to use in your next English conversation with someone. So, maybe you meet with a tutor once a week. Use those words as quickly as possible. Let's see here. Next question is from Eugene from Etobicoke. Wait, I got that wrong. It's from Mode Olali Divine. Oh, I see. Mode Olali. Mm, mode ou lolly. Is it mode or is it lolly? I don't know. Divine. Bonjour, Bob le Canadian. S'il vous plaît, quelle est la différence entre an orchard et a grove? Merci d'avance. I think it's mode that wrote this. That's my guess. So, by the way, the viewer named Mode Eggs and Lolly Lolly, they're trying to get me to guess which of them asked this question. So, I'll wait in the chat and see which one of them tells me if I'm right. I think Mode Eggs wrote this. Um, an orchard is a place where you have lots of fruit trees. And a grove is the same thing, but it's an older word that we don't use that much anymore. Like we sell flowers at market and there is a man and a woman beside us who own a lot of orchards. You could say they have a grove, but an orchard is more of a common thing. It's a planned area with rows of fruit trees. Um, let's see here. Lolly says, ha ha. Modeg says to me, of course, Lolly is never this crazy. So maybe I guessed right. Maybe I was, I was correct. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. Eugene, the prime minister, Justin Trudeau used three of my video clips for a statement on Canada background video this year. Those video clips I sent to you last month. Thanks. That's very, very cool. Eugene, I will have to see if I can find that online. Very, very cool. By the way, yesterday was Canada day. Um, people asked if we celebrated here yesterday, but it, we just, or sorry, not yesterday, two days ago was Canada Day. My bad. Thursday was Canada Day. Um, and uh, I, we didn't really. We went to market, we sold flowers, and I actually worked all day. So, I, that, not a real celebration, um, so to speak. Charlotte says, what tense do you recommend in a speaking part of IELTS? So, if you are taking an English test of any kind, and if there is a speaking portion, I highly recommend uh, four things that you, I'm not going to say tenses. I'm going to talk about what you should be able to talk about. You should be able to talk about what you're doing right now. So, present tense. You should be able to talk about what you're going to do either tomorrow or next week or in the future. You should be able to talk about what you did do in the past. So, past tense. But you should also be able to talk about what you would do. You should learn how to use a conditional tense. So, present tense, future tense, past tense, and one of the conditional tenses. Those four would be very helpful if you are taking an English speaking test. Hey, folks, let me do a little bit of an audio check here. Wait, when I do that, I should put it on river cam, right? So, you guys can have a look. Yes. It sounds great. Awesome. Okay, let me get the next question on the screen. Um, let me go here. Here we go. So, Samaya says, how 
How do I use annoying and bothering in the correct way? I know that in some sentences, the impression would be bad. So, if someone is annoying me, if someone is bothering me, it means that they are causing me to not be happy, maybe a little bit angry, okay? Sometimes when I'm out here doing an English lesson, I find the wind is annoying. The wind is annoying me. The wind is bothering me. So, I would say right now, the insects are bothering me. There's not a lot of them, but uh, by midsummer, most insects are gone during the day, but uh, sometimes they can be a little bit annoying and sometimes they are bothering, they bother me a little bit. Um, here we go. Uh, Naimula says, how are you? I'm good, actually. I'm having a very nice day. Um, as some of you know, the school year is over and it is now summer vacation. Now, I don't really vacation during the summer. I just do different work, but it gives me a little more time to think and plan for my English lesson videos for this YouTube channel. A little more time on the farm helping Jen grow flowers. So, I am quite content. Let's see here. Bob the Canadian. What? what, I guess this is me asking the question. What is the difference with listen and hear? Thanks. Have a good day. When you listen to something, you're choosing to do it. You listen to music. You listen to the sound of the waves when you're at the ocean. When you are listening to something, you choose to do it. Sometimes I like to go to market with Jen and listen to the music that the person who plays guitar plays. When you hear something, it's like the sound comes to you, okay? I didn't decide to do this, but this morning, uh, I, I heard a boat go by. That's why I put uh, the river cam up just in case another boat went by. Um, I heard someone yelling at the park across the river. So, when you hear something, it's not a decision. The sound just comes to you at a certain point in time. Let's see here. Um, here we go from Judith. Hi, Bob. Inimicus, Inimicus is an ancestor of enemy. Amicus gave English amicable, friendly, or peaceful, and amiable, agreeable, friendly. Can you give some examples? So, if I, you want me to use the word amicable and amiable, they are very rarely used, okay? When you say someone is very amicable, we generally say that they are friendly or very um, easygoing or fun to be around. Those would be phrases, the more common phrases. Uh, when we say that someone is amiable, like in the sense that they are very warm and loving, we would probably use those phrases instead. Um, those would be the examples I would give Judith. Let's see here. Anita says, hi, Bob. I hope all is well. Is there a phrase or one word to call a person who likes socializing and always have and is always, I'm going to correct this, and always very active. That's what I would say. What is the opposite person? Thanks. So, a person who likes to socialize, we would call a social butterfly. We would call them an extrovert. Uh, we might call them, uh, let's see here, someone who likes, uh, they just like going out a lot. We might say that. The opposite would be someone who doesn't like crowds. Like if you, some people will say, you know, I don't really like social gatherings. I don't like crowds. Um, and you would say that person is introverted. Um, here we go. Next question. Um, Ario says, Ola, Mr. Bobby, <laughs> do English native speakers, by the way, Bobby is the familiar term for Bob when, when I was the familiar 
name I had when I was a kid. People would call me Bobby. Do English native speakers change the language of their phone into the second language they learned? Me, yes, the language of my phone is English. So this is one of the things that you can do to help you become more familiar with English or another language. You can change your phone um, or your computer into that language. My phone is actually in French most of the time. Sometimes it does an update and goes back to English. My computers are in English, but my work computer is in French. So I have a laptop for work. It's a very good strategy. It's a good thing to do. It works well. Uh, Let's see here. Athanasios, hello, teacher, still at work, but I have a quick question. Dividend or dividends? Thank you. So when you invest in stocks, they sometimes pay a dividend. But if they do that more than once, you would say they pay dividends. That is my understanding of it, Athanasios. I think that is the correct way to use dividend and the plural dividends. Hoger says, hi, teacher, what is the difference between worth and price? trust and believe, kill and murder. So murder and kill are very similar. Although murder is a crime, killing someone, depending if it's during war or some other situation is a broader term. I'm not going to say it's legal, but murder is the crime of killing someone. Killing is just the general term for ending someone else's life. When you trust someone, you know that you can tell them secrets. Yesterday's lesson, by the way, was on secrets. Let me go to that just so you can uh, maybe go watch that later. Um, But someone who you trust, you know that you can tell them secrets and they won't tell anyone else. Someone who you trust, if they tell you something, you have a higher tendency to believe them, which means you, what they say you think is true. Uh, And then price is how much something costs when you buy it. And then worth is basically its value at a certain state in time, okay? So if my van was $5,000 when I bought it, right now it's only worth about $2,000, okay? So I don't know if I explain that super well, but that's the best I can do. Let's see here. From Imram, teacher, is there any difference between at home and in home? Well, we generally say that we're at home. Right now, I'm at home. Um, when you say in home, that's a very rare phrase in English. We, we use it to say things like, you know, he has an in-home caregiver. Maybe they've hired someone. Maybe an old man has a caregiver. That's an in-home caregiver. So they come to their house to give them care. I would say this though, at home is the phrase we use. In home is very infrequent and has a very unique uh, usage case. Uh, Let's see here. Next question from Santa. Hi, Bob. Hope you are so good. Can you explain this sentence to me? The policies of wisdom and deliberation are beginning to yield fruit. So when you are wise and when you have good conversations with people, over time, if you're trying to get something done, those will bear fruit. In English, when we say something's bearing fruit or yielding fruit, it means you're trying something and eventually you're getting rewarded for it. We used to, um, we still do, we sell flowers at the end of our laneway. And the first year we didn't sell a lot. But as we put the flowers out year after year, eventually the, the roadside stand started to yield fruit. It started to bear fruit. 
we started to earn more money from it. So over time, it started to bear fruit. Uh, let's see here. Tripto says, hello, Mr. Bob. How important is grammar compared to vocabulary? So th- there seems to be a lot of discussion in the English learning world about what's the most important thing to do. Uh, one of the things that comes up quite often is whether you need to learn grammar. All I can give you is my opinion, which I do almost every week. You should be reading, writing, listening, and speaking. You should learn some vocabulary as you do those four. And as an adult English learner, I do think there's some value to studying a little bit of grammar. Sometimes you can learn grammar just from reading and from listening and by being in conversations, you can pick it up. But sometimes just looking at a grammar textbook or looking up a grammar explanation can really help you take a little shortcut to understanding why English speakers say it that way. So I would never say the most important thing to do is learn grammar. The most important thing to do is writing. I think you do all of it and you get better at all of it. Let's see here. Andre says, or Andre, do you think this is a common occurrence in Canada for a poor person working hard to become wealthy? I am studying expression, the expression rags to riches. You can use it by replying. So I think in the United States, you have a better chance of going from being poor to being extremely wealthy. The United States has a different kind of economy than Canada. In Canada, here's what can happen. If you immigrate to Canada or if you are from a poor family, you can work your way to the point where you have a good life where you own a home and you have a vehicle, you're not going to be rich, but you're not going to be poor. Canada has a lot of opportunities for people if they're willing to work hard to reach a stage in life where they are comfortable and can enjoy life and not worry too much about the necessities like food and clothing. They'll just, if you have a good job in Canada, you'll be able to afford those things. Hey, let me give you a little bit of a road or river cam and let me just do a little check here. You know, I really am liking the fact that, uh, oh, just a second here. I have to figure out why my camera every once in a while, like the screen that I see turns off. You can still see me. Nothing's broken but I have to figure out why that is happening. Okay, let's see here. Marcos from Brazil has the next question. Let's get it on the screen. Good morning, Bob. I'm studying using Duolingo. Okay, I'm gonna put using in there. It's an app. I think I'm learning English. What's your opinion about the Duolingo method? I plan to immigrate to Canada, hugs. I think all tools used I think variety is great when you're learning a language. I think Duolingo, I loved it, but it wasn't the only thing I did when I was reviewing and studying my French again. So about four or five years ago, I did some intensive French study. I did the Duolingo French tree from top to bottom and I loved it. It was a lot of fun, but at the same time, I walked Everything I watched on TV, I watched in French. I read all of my reading I did in French. Um, I spoke with a French speaker once a week for 30 minutes to an hour. So I think Duolingo is awesome. But again, I don't think it's the one thing you should do. Make sure you have some variety in your learning. 
Oh, sorry, little bug. Oh, there was a bug on my ear, and he's he is no more. Sorry, little bug. Uh, Nat, hi, teacher Bob. What is the difference between famished, peckish, and hungry? So when you're hungry, it's a general state of you're, you want food, your stomach is growling, you're hungry. When you're famished, you're really, really hungry. So this morning, I went for a walk, I set up for the live stream, and I didn't have breakfast until about 10 o'clock. I was famished. So famished is just a state of being very, very hungry. Peckish just simply means, you know, you could have a snack, right? You know, I'm feeling, oh, I could eat a cookie right now. I'm feeling a little bit hungry. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Riksan. What is the difference in pronunciation between lockdown and locked down? So I overpronounced the second one. Let me say it at my normal speed. Lockdown, lockdown. So you hardly hear the D. In fact, I don't even know if it came out properly the second time. We are currently in lockdown in Ontario, Canada. Okay. It's actually, we're going out of lockdown. So that's not true. We're slowly going out of lockdown. We were locked down for a very long time. Okay. When we were locked down, it wasn't very fun. So you'll have to rewind this, Rick, and listen. Honestly, when I say locked down really quickly, you hardly hear that ED sound. So let's see here. Uh, let's see. Question from Katarina. Hello, dear teacher Bob. I wish sweet and green Sunday. Do you like fishing? Oh, at that river. You can't do it. We, when I was a kid, my brother used to fish in this river. I have once in a while fished in that river, but I am not someone who likes fishing. I mean, I don't hate fishing. I don't like fishing. It's just not something I do. I don't even own a boat. Maybe someday I should get a little canoe or something like that or build a raft. I watched a video yesterday where a man built a raft out of old soda bottles. Maybe I should do that. Arthur, hi, Bob. What is the difference between saying he is dead and the second sentence is incorrect. You would say he died. Okay. We would take out the is. Thanks a bunch. So thank you a bunch. So he is dead or he died are basically the same thing. Um, I know he is dead sounds like the present tense and it can be, you know, at the moment someone dies, you could say, oh no, he is dead. You might hear that on TV, but in general, in English, if someone said, um, have you seen Joe? And if someone, oh, haven't you heard? He's, he's dead or he, he died. So we would use them interchangeably. I think most commonly we would say he passed away. That is kind of the softer way to say that someone has died. Hey, let me just make a small change here. Uh, let's go to, we're going to go to members only chat for a little bit. And I'm going to do something a little different this week. I'm going to put my glasses on so I can see the members only chat. Let me get that on the screen. If you're wondering basically what's happening, let's go to no display mode for a sec. I'm Bob the Canadian. I do English lessons here on YouTube. If you are a subscriber, if you click that button, you get notified when I make new videos. If, however, you want to support me even more, there is a join button somewhere that you can click and you can support me. When you do that, you get an extra English lesson on Wednesdays. It's more just me rambling on about life, but I like making them. Uh, and you get a crown beside your name when you uh, join the chat. Uh, you can then also ask questions directly in the chat for 10 minutes during the live stream. So Sita is saying to Brent, who is American English with this guy, 
Some of them are friendly. Maria C. says this, I have an elementary level because I've studied German for two years, so I remember some things, but I still can't speak or write. Yeah, it's challenging when you're learning a language to master all the skills, isn't it? Um, And one thing that can happen is it can be very enjoyable to do reading and listening for me personally. And then I forget I should practice the other things because they're a little more difficult to do for me. Uh, Julia Olise, hello, dear teacher. My today's question is, what is the difference between accept, assume, and embrace? Thank you. When you accept something, you take it. So if you were to give me a gift, I would accept your gift, okay? When you assume something, it means you think it's true without having any proof. So I think in one of my earlier lessons, I said some people assume I'm really tall, but I'm only five foot 10, which is really average height in Canada. Uh, And then embrace. When you embrace someone, you give them a hug. When you embrace an idea, it means you believe it is true and you agree with it. Um, let's see here. Modegs, I'll answer your question next week. Brent says, Maria C, I'm right there with you with my Italian. Thankfully, two years is just a drop in the bucket. When it comes to learning a language, we'll get there. Yes, it definitely is a long journey. Panthera Nori. Hi, Panthera. Good to see you. Dear Teacher Bob, being enmeshed means you are involved or engaged? Yes, definitely. Could you please say some sample sentences with these words? Thanks a bunch. So enmeshed is kind of like when you're tangled up in something. Like maybe your friends are criminals and while you were visiting, they were doing something illegal and you, you kind of became enmeshed with them. Like you didn't want to be, but you're caught up in a net kind of thing. That's how I would describe that. Uh, let's see here. And then engaged or involved. Yes. Some people get involved in criminal activity or some people are engaged in criminal activity. It means they are doing it. Uh, Federico, you look more formal today. Did you go to the hairdresser? How much does a hairdresser cost there? I went to the hairdresser of, I buzz my hair with clippers and then Jen finishes it for me. She kind of gets all the spots that I missed, but yes, I did get a haircut just this morning. I felt like my hair was feeling a bit long. Modegs, lolly lolly. I think in French they were un végère ou un bousquet. So a little conversation there between mode and lolly. Let's see. Brent says we're the exact same height. Well, I used to say, Brent, that I was 5'10 and a half. But I think I think as you get older, you get a little bit shorter. So maybe I need to start doing uh, chin-ups so I get stretched out again. Uh, Let's see here. Betty says, hello, teacher Bob. Could you explain what's the difference between figure out and find out? Do these two have the same meaning? Thanks for the answer. So in regular English speech, we use them interchangeably. But technically, if you figure something out, it means you've done something to find the answer. And if you find something out, it means someone kind of told you the answer. Um, So you can say this, someone's been stealing flowers. We need to figure out who it is. Okay. So, but then you could also say, I hope the police find out who it is. Honestly, I use them interchangeably. But if I were you, I would look up a formal definition of the two. Uh, and don't be too worried about using them wrong. Uh, let's see here. Hi, teacher Bob. News said that scorching hot was in West Canada. It's so abnormal. I cannot imagine how it feels. I hope the weather becomes normal. Yes, they set records in Western Canada this week, uh, this past week. Uh, here, it was just normal. It was We had normal temperatures. But in Western Canada, it was extremely, extremely hot. 
Uh, let me see here. Maria C. I started to use Duolingo to improve German because I've heard you recommending it. So thanks a lot for that too, Bob. Yeah, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Duolingo, some people love, some people don't like. Some English teachers love it and some English teachers hate it. I just found it was kind of a cool, fun app that I could use to kind of practice every once in a while. So I liked it. Let's see here. Um, Julia, you look both cool and serious wearing glasses. I was, I want to practice my old man teacher look when I go to school this, this fall. So when students ask questions, I want to go, okay, let me, let me think about that. This is kind of the, the teacher look, I think. Um, let's see. Panthera, I just got enmeshed in Modeg's trick cooperating with Lolly. (laughs) Maria C says it's true. Federico, Bob looks more serious than usual. I'm feeling a lot more lighthearted than usual. Uh, let's see here. Gertrudis. Hello, teacher Bob. I hope you're doing well. Can I say the Caribbean are under influence of Hurricane Alina? Thanks in advance. You would say that they're getting hit by a hurricane. Okay. By the way, I said Caribbean. We also say Caribbean. There's two pronunciations. They are definitely getting hit by that hurricane right now. Modegs. Hi, Mr. Bob. First of all, awesome view and nice buzz cut. Can you please say hi to that chirruping bird for me? I think the bird's gone now. Oh, I hear a couple, but they're a little bit far away now. Uh, Let's see here. Mohammed, I want to sit in the wooden chair and listen to my favorite music. So that's what Mohammed says. I want to sit in the wooden chair and listen to my favorite music. Also, I need to take a nap. (laughs) Modeg says, Un verger is fruit trees. Rod, it might be quite nice to sit in that chair behind you and read a good book. Have a great weekend. This chair, which you can see two views of right now, is actually built by my daughter at school. It's uh, I just thought it was pretty cool that she was able to do that. Oh, I just got a little error on my screen. Give me a second here, everybody. Um, no, I don't think it's anything. Uh, let's see here. Moving on with members only questions. Let's see, where was I? Eugene says on Canada Day, there, uh, there was a lighting show at Niagara Falls at night. Yeah, they do some really cool lights and fireworks. Uh, Panthera Nori, dear teacher Bob, do you tend to use in the face of something? It's meaning close to regarding something. Yeah, you know, in the face of many technical challenges this past week, I did get some videos out, okay? So in the face of would mean I had a lot of, I had some obstacles that I needed to get past. Uh, Let's see here. Maria C. Bob, I don't know if you use the words college and university interchangeably or not in Canada and in the U.S. I've watched your video about it, but I'm still confused. In Canada, university is generally for what we call white-collar jobs. If you want to become like a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a scientist, you would go to university. Generally, college is where you go in Canada if you want to become a construction worker, a nurse, Um, any of the jobs that we would call trades. So, and there is some overlap as well because you can go to university to become a nurse, but you will just get a a higher up job as a nurse later. Uh, Brent can maybe explain the difference in the US because they use the words a little differently than we do. Modags, Julia Olise with reading glasses on, Mr. Bob looks serious. With sunglasses on, he looks like a big boss. <laughs> Erica says, hello, teacher. I'm Erica from Brazil. Are you, do you speak Portuguese? I do not. Sorry about that. I haven't even asked my friend Rod, uh, the Brazilian English teacher, to teach me Portuguese. I, I'm not ready to start learning another language yet. Uh, Federico says, there's something in the lake. I might have missed it, but I thought when we went to the 
river cam. I thought I saw a few waves, but I think whatever it was is gone now. That's too bad. Um, Julia agrees with Mode. Lolly says, Bob, have you been hit by the heat dome? No, Lolly. We have, we're far enough away it did not affect us. So I'm pretty happy about that because heat is really hard on flowers. We would have had some flowers die in the field. Uh, Julia Olis is welcoming Fuang Le. Oh, Fuang Le, welcome to the channel. Thank you for becoming a member. Panthera Nori, dear teacher Bob, I'm struggling with properly understanding the verb fawn over, e.g. the teacher fawned over her students. Could you help please? Thank you. When you fawn over someone, it means you take really good care of them. You're really concerned about them. Uh, you really like them. I'm looking up the official definition. Uh, meaning of fawn over. So let's see what we have here. To praise someone too much, to give them a lot of attention that is maybe not sincere or maybe is and trying to get a positive reaction. So it's just generally being a little bit much, a little over kind to someone. Let's see here. Yeah, Brent says, in the US, we pretty much use college and university interchangeably. Yeah, it's a very regional thing, okay? Uh, Let me just get to my chat i'm going to switch it back to subscriber only uh by the way i decided that chat would be subscriber only from now on that's a new youtube feature not member only subscribing is free if you click this button you become a subscriber but i thought you know in order to participate in the chat it might be good that that if that person has been a subscriber for at least five minutes um because uh todd and dave and i have noticed sometimes people pop in the chat say silly things and leave right away so we thought one little way to make it better is to say you know what you do have to be a subscriber to participate in the chat it does not cost money to be a subscriber it's free but uh, that is going to be basically how we do things uh, from now on hey i wanted to do one thing before i continue give me one sec here Uh, did you like the trailer before The lesson. So I'm just going to do a little poll there and I'm going to get the next question ready. Here we go. So I'm doing a poll in the chat. Did you like the trailer before the lesson? I was able to put a little uh, video trailer before the lesson. Um, Just let me know if you enjoyed that. Oh, and I forgot one thing. Thank you if you are a member. I just turned off members only chat. Thank you for being members and supporting this channel. Thank you for clicking that join button at some time in the past. And let me answer one question and then we'll see the results of the poll. Andrew, hi, great teacher. I got confused. When you were in a lecture, lection listening, a lector, and you write down some notes, what is it called? So when you're in a seminar or a workshop or a lecture, you're listening to a lecturer or a professor and you would write down some notes or take notes, okay? So I, I kind of use a bunch of phrases in there. In university, you go to a lecture hall to hear a lecture or a talk, you go to a workshop, you will be listening to someone called a lecturer or a professor, and you will take notes or write down some notes. That's how we would uh, call, that's what we would call all of those things. So it looks like 92% of you like the poll or like the trailer. (laughs) Um, I wasn't sure if I should use that feature. I thought, well, it might be kind of fun. I can show you the area where we are all going to sit for the lesson. <laughs> Guerrero, do you know the Canadian anthem? Canadian anthem. Uh, 
could you sing it? No, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not a good singer. It starts with, oh, Canada, we stand on guard. There, that's about as much as you're going to get. I am not a very good singer. There are some things in life that I think I'm good at. Singing is not one of them. have never been a good singer. In fact, when I was in elementary school, they asked me, they, they took me out of the choir to run the sound system because I couldn't sing on key and they thought that might be a better job for me. Uh, here we go. From Vin. Let me take my glasses off and have a little drink of water. Can you tell me some ways to improve my listening skills? I am in intermediate level. Thanks in advance. So one thing I notice with intermediate uh, language learners is sometimes they stay with the things they enjoy instead of exploring things they don't enjoy. What I mean is this, if you like reading science fiction, as an intermediate English learner, you should make sure you're also reading books that are romance books or uh, mystery books. You need to get outside of doing things you like. If you are an intermediate English learner and you only listen to hip hop, you should start to listen to classic rock as well as modern pop music. So it's very important as an intermediate learner, instead of doing what you like, start to do things you don't like, okay? Read news from uh, all different, like maybe you love sports and you only ever watch the news uh, in English about sports. Watch the whole news. Make sure you are broadening your own horizons when you're learning English. Uh, Let's see here. Next question from Hugo. Hi, Bob. Your channel has been helping me a lot to learn English. I'm still initiating and my question is, when we use the word either correctly, thank you so much. Well, either you know how to use it or you don't. Either you know how to use it or you don't. So that's the two pronunciations. Um, When you use this word, um, it's when you're making a choice, right? I can either help Jen this afternoon or I can go to the grocery store. I can either do the live stream for an hour or for an hour and a half. It's just going to be an hour, by the way. So it's when you're indicating that there's two options, okay? Um, That's how I would describe it. It has more usage than that, but that's a good, simple introduction to it. Shivam says, what's the difference between should and want? Well, I want to have a nap. That means I simply think it'd be nice to have a nap. When you say you should have a nap, it probably means I'm acting quite tired and it would be good for me to do that. Okay. You should wear your seatbelt when you're driving. When you want to wear your seatbelt, you want to stay safe, but you should wear your seatbelt because it will help you. Okay. It's something that is highly recommended that you do. Um, Mohammed has the next question. Hello, professor. I do have one question. What's the difference between these two sentences? Did you hear about your friend? Did you hear from your friend? So the difference is this. Let's say um, your friend is in another country. If someone said, did you hear about your friend? It means something happened to your friend. Maybe they were in a car accident. Maybe they got engaged and they're going to get married. Maybe they met someone and they're dating. So when you say, did you hear about your friend? Basically what you're saying is, I have information about your friend that you might not know. If I say, did you hear from your friend? I'm simply asking, has your friend texted you or phoned you or sent you a letter in the mail or an email? So slight difference between those two phrases. 
Ohm says, hi, Bob, how are you? Please tell me the difference between sympathy and empathy. Thank you in advance. When you feel sympathy for someone, you feel bad for what they're going through. Um, It's like, oh, you know, if someone in someone's family passed away, you would have sympathy for them. So you would send them a sympathy card expressing the fact that you are sad for them as well. When you have empathy for someone, it means you know, you want to know what it's like to experience what they're experiencing. Someone who has a lot of empathy is really good at understanding how people feel about things. It means you're able to walk in their shoes a little bit. You're able to very clearly understand what's happening to them in life. One three has the next question. How to listen to English without little fix here without translating it into your own native language. It confuses me. I think this comes with time. I think in English, we have the phrase, something can just click. I think eventually it will just click. Okay. And the only reason I say that is because I have a clear memory at one point of watching a French television show because I'm a French learner. And I remember watching a show and then at a certain point, I finished watching the show and I had forgotten what language I had watched it in. And it was a really cool moment. It, it wasn't permanent. I still had to watch a lot more for it to stay that way. But I think one of the things that you need to do is just uh, immerse yourself in a lot of listening practice to help with that. Let's see here. Alina has the next question. Hi, teacher Bob. I hope you're having a good day. What's the difference between on and about? For example, to talk on or to talk about. Thank you. Yeah, this is an interesting one. This is an, yesterday I did an English lesson on secrets and lies. Yesterday I did an English lesson about secrets and lies. So the lesson was on secrets and lies. The lesson was about secrets and lies. So in that situation, I can use them interchangeably, okay? But I don't want to go into more detail because how to use in, on, by, at, about, it gets very confusing and you need to study very specific instances of how to use those. Let's see here. Next question from Kavish. Hi, Bob. Can you clarify how to use the phrasal verbs nail down and narrow down? and reveal the phrasal verb that can be used to express arguing by clasping collars. Well, if someone's arguing so closely, they're grabbing each other by the collar. We would say that they were, um, that he was, he was right up in my face. That's what I would probably say. You know, we were arguing and he got right up in my face. That's probably the best phrase for that. In terms of nail down or narrow down, they're somewhat similar. When you nail something down, it means that you have a definite answer for something, okay? Or you want to, you know, I need to nail down exactly how to set this equipment up so that it works well on a Saturday morning. When you narrow something down, it means you're also eliminating things that don't work, okay? When the police investigate a crime, they like to narrow down the suspect list. They do that by eliminating people who they know are innocent. Uh, Let's see here. Eliminator says, what is the best way to improve our English speaking when we are beginners and overcome the situation of exceeding speed during oral conversation? So to me, beginner level English learners should have a coach or tutor or conversation partner who will help them 
have those first conversations in a safe and comfortable way where they don't need to be nervous. Certainly beginner speakers in out in public trying to buy something at a shop where the owner where the person speaks English is a challenge. But your early conversations as a beginner, you should hire a tutor, you should hire a teacher and have one-on-one lessons via Skype or Zoom or in person if that's allowed in your country because that removes the nervousness. You're not it's not important that you know English in that conversation to succeed at what you're doing. You're just practicing it in a nice, comfortable way. Uh, let's see here. Um, just checking my time. We're good. Fernando, hi, Bob. Can you explain the word quite and how can we use it? We use this in a lot of ways and it's quite difficult to answer this question because there are quite a number of ways to use the word quite. And I don't think I have quite enough time to answer them all. So you can see how I used it in a way just to emphasize what I was talking about. I just used it three times in sentences in slightly different ways. Um, But if you weren't quite paying attention, you probably didn't notice. So it's used kind of as a filler word. It does definitely have other meanings. But most of the time as English speakers, we use it, I would say, as a filler word um, or as a word to emphasize. It was quite hot out yesterday, but today it's quite cool. Okay. Um, it's been quite a long time since I turned on the river cam here. We can have a look. No boats have gone by. I was hoping at least one person in a kayak would go by, but anyways, sorry, Fernando. Uh, there's some examples for you. Uh, it, it has a lot of usage. It's kind of similar to the verb to get. There's certain words in English. We just use a lot. And in my opinion, it's, it's, uh, quite is one of those words. We use it quite a lot. We use it quite a bit. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Lena. Hi, Bob. You're a farmer, a French teacher, a YouTuber. How many hours are there in a day over in Canada? Little fix there. 75. Tell us your secret. How do you get so much done? Well, first of all, Jen is a flower farmer and I help her. So primarily Jen does most of the work during the school year. The next thing you need to know is that teachers in Canada do not work during July and August. So I have eight to 10 weeks every year where I can help Jen on the farm. In terms of YouTube, I am usually get very efficient at using technology and I've been teaching for over 20 years in person. So I think that helps me plan and make English lessons fairly quickly. They do take time still. And here's a little secret for you. Next year at school, I will be once again teaching a little less. So this past year, I was like 85% of full-time. And this coming year, I will be like 75% of full-time. So I'm no longer really a full-time teacher. I'm like a three-quarter time teacher. And that gives me a little bit more time as well. So to answer your question, I have been way too busy and I still am way too busy, but I'm slowly adjusting things to be a little less busy so I can do everything effectively. So let me see here. Mikalo. Hi, Mr. Bob. How to write in English if you speak one thing but write differently. Share tips on how to write without mistakes in English. Thank you. So I would say use all the tools available to write properly. Use grammar correction in Google Docs if you use Google Docs. Um, Have someone proofread what you're writing. If you have an English tutor, especially if you're writing something important. Um, And just 
make sure that you spend time with your writing. Sometimes even English speakers make mistakes in English when they write very, very quickly. There's a B. Um, so make sure if you're writing something, if you need to send it tomorrow, write it today and look at it later. Okay. Take time when you do your writing so that you can uh, make sure you fix those mistakes. Let's see here. I do want to say hi to the 519 people who are watching. Oop, I clicked in the wrong spot. Well, we'll leave it there. If you are one of those people, I'm like mini Bob in the corner now. There is a subscribe button right here. If you're one of the 519 people watching, and if you are not a subscriber, please click that. And if you uh, are interested in becoming a member with some benefits, there is a join button below that you can click as well. Uh, Let me get to the next question here. Um, I'm going to skip the next one because I'm not familiar with that word page. Um, So I'm going to skip that one. Sorry about that. Um, Next question though is from Hassan. Hello, Mr. Bob. Is there any difference, little correction, between trapped and confined? Generally, like a trap is something that catches an animal. So you might set a mouse trap and when the, when the trap goes off, it catches the mouse. When you confine someone though, you put them in prison or you can confine, uh, maybe you catch a wild animal and you put them in a box. You would confine them to a box while you take them somewhere to release them out into the forest. So slight difference between the two. Demir, hi, Bob. Can you please share any examples of Canadian words and phrases that people in the USA don't understand like Laurie in the UK. Thanks for your answer. Well, probably things like two, four, when we buy a case of beer, it usually has 24 bottles in it. We'll often call it a two, four. Um, and there's probably more. I don't, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. Um, we do call our $1 coin a loony and our $2 coin a toonie. Um, and there's probably more than that, but I, I'm having trouble thinking of them right now. But uh, definitely there are a few words that Americans would think sound a little bit strange. Semra, hello, Bob. When you say last, your pronunciation is quiet, like last. Can you explain to us? Thank you. So this isn't the last question, by the way. There's a few more questions to go. Um, I'm glad about that. If this was the last question, we'll be, we'd be done early. So you'll notice... Like here's a hard pronunciation, last, last. But when I say last, it actually sounds a lot more like L-A and a really soft S that ends in a D, last. You know, I hope that's the last minivan I have to buy and the next vehicle I buy is a sports car. That's not true, by the way. I don't want a sports car. I was just trying to make an example sentence. Um, Let me see. Um, I wonder who will be the last person that stays in the live stream. So I very much, I hit the L-A, la, and then it just becomes a last, last, very, very soft. Um, I think it's because that's how, at least in my area, um, when you speak quickly, that's how you say last. You you kind of de-emphasize the ending. Um... From Theric, hey Bob, is there a particular word for cool down a coffee or tea done by pouring it one vessel into another? No, we don't do that very often. We usually do this. If this was hot, we would go like, oh, it burnt my tongue. That just needs to cool down a bit. I'll just let that cool down a bit. We would just say it needs to cool down a bit. Um, It's not nice when you burn your tongue. Not a very nice feeling at all. Uh, Let's see here. 
Um, last question. Last, last question from Mustafa. Hi, Mr. Bob. I want to thank you for your efforts. By the way, your accent is just amazing. I'm trying to get a good pronunciation as yours. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, Mustafa. Again, I have what I think is a pretty standard Canadian accent. It is softened a little bit because I am a professional teacher. And I think when you teach regularly, you learn to speak very clearly so that people understand you. I I do, though, have a second channel called Bob's Short English Lessons. If you watch that channel for the last minute, every once in a while, I speak full speed. Even during these live streams, I do uh, every once in a while. Um, But anyways, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you to the almost 500 people who came to watch today. It was kind of fun to sit under a tree. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the river cam. Uh, Hopefully next week. um, Well, I don't know if I'll do river cam next week. I might point it in a different direction entirely. We'll see. But it's kind of fun to have a second question. There are geese honking, but I don't think they're going to land in the river. Maybe I need to hire one of my children to run around with a mobile camera. Sorry, I'm distracted by the geese. No, they're not coming. Anyways, what was I saying? Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for learning a little bit more English. Thank you for asking your questions. I get a real kick out of doing these lessons. Thank you to Todd and Dave for hanging out and keeping the chat uh, up on the up and up. Thanks to Brent from American English with this guy and Rod, the Brazilian English teacher, for hanging out in the chat as well. Thanks to all my members. Thanks to everyone who's ever clicked that join button. Even if it's just for a month or two, thank you for supporting me and helping me uh, make these lessons. You guys are awesome. Uh, Bye, everybody. I'm going to click the end button now, and I'm going to change from Bob, the English teacher, to Bob, the guy who gets groceries, and then Bob, the guy who does some farm work, I think. We'll see. Anyways, bye. Have a good day. I'm, I'm trying to find the right button here. There's like the glare, a glare on my screen. So the lesson's over. Now this is just me trying to figure out how to turn. Hi, Bob, the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash Bob the Canadian.